All right, it's now time for our Slate Plus bonus segment. We're welcoming back Greg Howard, the fellow from the New York Times. Hello, hello, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fellow. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, I've been worse. <laughs> I've been worse, man. Um, so I thought the most interesting piece in the Undefeated's launch week was uh, the Jay Adande story on uh, – it was headlined, We Gonna Be Championship, A New Approach to Fixing Quotes. And it was about the practice of quote alteration. And we see this in all sorts of journalism, all kinds of stories. And Adande was referring to whether they're, you know, guys who um, – English is a second language for them, or whether they speak in like vernacular English, where writers make the decision or don't make the decision to change what they say, to clean it up. So here's one of the quotes that Adande mentions in his pieces from a press conference featuring the Oklahoma City Thunders, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Durant is the one who's speaking. Were you aware of Mark Cuban's comments before the game when he said, Kevin was the only superstar on this team, and and how, how do you react to that? Hold up. He's an idiot. Don't listen to sh- He's an idiot. All right, that's what we got to say about that. You know, I mean, he's an idiot. Next question. So the piece is an argument-based one. Adande says we shouldn't cl- clean up quotes. Yeah, he says it's patronizing with the implication that anything that deviates from the norm is inherently inferior and must be corrected. Stefan, this is something that you – Think about a lot. You you write about language, dictionaries, all that stuff. What did you make of the piece? I, I liked the piece. I was hoping it would go even a little a little further um, in having a broader conversation about language and African American English or Black English and the reasons that the media have either cleaned up the speech of African American or other ethnic athletes and other people um, and whether the the, sort of the thought process behind those changes, the editing, is changing in and of itself. I mean, we have to remember that that the 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 the, and and Greg should respond to this, but the the typical reason to clean up quotes was to or not clean up quotes was to either embarrass or elevate the speaker to protect the speaker from sounding uneducated or to make the speaker appear uneducated to a mainstream, i.e. white audience. Um, so this, I think this is a, a really interesting uh, topic of conversation. Well, I think it's really a lot different for a print reporter and a broadcast reporter. So I never had to do it. Right. Right. When I'm quoting a guy and no one would ever get upset with me one way or the other. And I can't imagine what the version of trying to embarrass the speaker would be. But I think that um, there's something to be said. There are a number of ways around this. If there has to be a way around it, there's a a number of ways to deal with this. Like you can paraphrase what a non-native speaker Mm -hmm. would say. Um, in general, I don't see – to write an an instead of an a, we all misspeak. And so if, if someone said he's an idiot, he's a idiot. And if Durant didn't say that in front of uh, a microphone uh, and he had just said that to me, he's an idiot. And I was writing in print, I'd probably write he's an idiot just because it's not hurting the quote at all to write he's an idiot. And I might not even notice that he says he's 
a idiot. And I think Except maybe there's he, something he was be... speaking in a vernacular. He was speaking in a deliberate, particular way that I think should be honored. Greg, Wait, you think I don't know? He's that's, a idiot. Yeah. I mean, I've. I, mean, I don't if, know if that's yeah. true. Yeah, that, I think that's a little bit too strong. I, I don't think you know, as someone who speaks in vernacular quite often, I think that's a little bit too strong. I think if Durant had said he's ignorant, something like that, then maybe you could make the case. But because you know that is more conscious. But the other thing I was going to say is I think you could also work with the person, especially if you're a beat reporter, to kind of get their take on what they'd prefer. And that wouldn't necessarily be betraying journalism if you talk to Bartolo Colon and you got his quote and then you would – you know, say, is it okay if I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run it as this, or even solicit feedback afterwards. And if he, if if a player came up to you and said, I'd appreciate if you didn't quote me like this, but quoted me like that, I would take that into consideration also. Well, what Adonde highlights is um, one particular flap in Houston, where Carlos Gomez, the Astros outfielder, was quoted as saying, "For the last year and this year, I not really do much for this team. The fans be angry, they be disappointed." Gomez is not a native English speaker. The editor of the Houston Chronicle apologized. And that, I think, is obviously very different than quoting someone who is a native English speaker. And we've talked about this on the show before. But just the representation of Spanish-speaking athletes in the media. You know, Mike Bartolo Colon doesn't really do interviews. And when he does, it's through a translator. And I think you have to look – I mean – apologizing for it seems odd to me. I, I didn't follow this. And this is the first time hearing I, I'm hearing about it is through this article. So there's probably more background that I I am missing here. But just the broader context, I think that Spanish speaking athletes, baseball players are not represented well in the media or fairly. And so I can totally understand why somebody like Carlos Gomez would be upset in this particular case. Yes, and that's the that's the epitome again. I don't. I'm like you. I just know about it from Adande's article. But that's what I'm talking about. You could take that quote and say, calling his season quote a disappointment. I mean, there are so many ways in print to express that quote without making him look like uh, someone who isn't as smart as the reader. To me, it's just you know, be fair to whoever you're writing about. The whole conversation to me is 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 interesting because it feels overblown to me. Um, be f- like, be fair. Like, tr- like, treat the person you're writing about with respect. You know, um, if it's Kevin Durant saying he's an I- he's an idiot, you know, you you can throw an N on that, and uh, you know, um, on the end of the A. Um, you know, if it's if it's Bartolo Colon and and what he's saying once you you know once you transcribe his quote, if it you know if it doesn't sound um that educated or anything like that um, because he, because English is a second language, then I think that you should respect that and you should either paraphrase it, as Mike said, or, you know, or uh, shorten the quote or something like that. You know, there, there are parts of that that you can use and you can paraphrase around. Like, I, I, I don't think it's that complicated an issue. You know, like for me, I, you know, don't change words, um, but you clean up. You clean up the likes and the ums, and you know you change the a's to the ands and stuff like that. And if if, um, if there's the second language, you know you have to have empathy for that. You have to know that that doesn't mean that they're stupid. There's a question of power here, um, and this particular case, and I think in all 
different kinds of journalism that you should treat subjects differently depending on, you know, obviously whether they're children, uh, whether somebody is not a native English speaker or, you know, whether somebody is like, you know, somebody in a position of, of power. And so I think it's fine to have different rules or not even have different rules, just take it on a case by case basis as you're kind of suggesting, Greg. I mean, the Kevin Durant thing does seem like more of a blurry situation there because I could totally imagine, like Mike said, if you came up, went up to him and said, how would you want me to put that, use that quote? I could totally imagine him saying, just put, he's a idiot. Like, I'm not, I don't think it necessarily makes him look bad. I think he's like a very famous, well-known, media-trained athlete who said something deliberately in a press conference. And so I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with rendering it the way he said it. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with adding the end to it, but I also don't mm-hmm. think you're like making him look bad or anything. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would put in, in at the end just because like, you know, in my speech, um, I don't know uh, in which cases I drop the end and which I don't. You know, um, I'm sure if Kevin Durant wrote it out, he would say he's an idiot. <laughs> you know, um, you know, speaking is different. Um, I think uh, uh, speech is an ugly thing, <laughs> especially when rendered to paper. You know, See, I um, think it's a beautiful thing. I don't know. I, it's the representation of speech, right? I mean, it's, this is about, you know, is this about in the case of of Durant about African-American vernacular English, which is a field of study, which is, you know, an area that has been debated for decades about how black speech should be rendered in print? Um, Or, you know, are we at the point where it's what he said was funnier? It's sort of like listening to Charles Barkley talk. I would not expect Charles Barkley to say he's an idiot. And it wouldn't be as funny if Charles Barkley said he's an idiot. Um, That makes that makes me that makes me uncomfortable because uh, it, it is because it's sort of minstrelsy or um yeah i mean i, I don't I, I don't know what's particularly funny about it i also funny um, meaning he was speaking colloquially uh, you know he was i, I mean I, I i mean is it like i would say and i would argue to the you know until i'm six feet deep that it's not like that's not part of african-american vernacular like 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 you know, dropping an N sometimes. I think that's something that a lot of people do, mm-hmm. uh, consciously or not. And I think that if you had it in front of Bryce Harper, yeah, I'm sure Bryce Harper's doing the same thing. <laughs> you know, I'm sure uh, uh, Big Poppy's doing the same thing. You know, I'm sure Kevin Durant's doing the same thing. It's just that I, I think that um, speech is ugly when when spoken without editing or anything like that. You know, I don't. Uh, Specifically, this is a gray area, but specifically with A to N or something, I don't think that deserves the veneer of African American mm-hmm. vernacular or anything like that. The, the you know the guy was speaking and and that's how he speaks, but that to me isn't based on his race or anything. But to be clear, J A, J. A. a historian or an historian yeah. that one always trips me up. Yeah. What to do before the <laughs> H words? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Kevin Durant is from where I'm from, and you know, there are a lot, a lot of black people there, and 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 I never felt a or an was the same thing as you know as ain't mm-hmm. or something like that. You know. All right. Well, who knew that one uh, letter could article. occasion a little article? Well, that is a gray a, area, though. Such conversation. All right. Um, 
Thanks again, Greg. And thank you, Slate Plus members. We'll be back with more next week.